0: My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Today, on February 14th, we celebrate a double anniversary in the history of opus day the first one took place in 1930 february 14th when saint jose maria saw during mass that our lord wanted him to begin his work with women and so he did And the second anniversary is February 14th, 1943, when St. Josemaria founded the Priestly Society of the Holy Cross to be able to incarnate priests in the work of Opus Dei. And since then, we have had the collaboration and the complementarity of men and women, priests and laity, under one governance of Opus Dei, and uh, a single mission to proclaim the universal call to holiness and to proclaim this message that we can all be saints in the middle of the world by living out our duties carrying out everything that we ought to do in our profession in our family life in our relationships in society in the responsibilities that we have incurred in, because of our state in life, that all those things could be offered up as a sacrifice to our Lord. Well, today I wanted to pray about the not these historical moments for which we are very grateful, but rather with the mass that has been chosen to show our gratitude to our Lord for these great moments, which is the Mass of Mary, the Mother of Fairest Love. So on February 14th, everyone in Opus Dei celebrates this special feast with this Mass, with this invocation to Our Lady called the Mother of Fairest Love. You may be wondering what fairest love means. Well, fair in this case does not mean something that has to do with justice or injustice like you know that was a fair game or something like that but it has to do with fair in the meaning of beauty mary the mother of the beautiful love or as some translations have it fairest love meaning the most beautiful love and this invocation of our lady comes from some words of the old testament that have been applied to her from the book of ecclesiasticus and of course originally they did not refer to her but the tradition of the church throughout time with saints and doctors of the church have applied these words to her and here are the words i am the mother of fair love and the fear of knowledge and of holy hope in me is all grace of the way and of the truth. In me is all hope of life and the virtue. These words are really beautiful and mysterious at the same time. I am the mother of fair love, or fairest love, of fear, of knowledge, and of holy hope. And then it says, in me is all grace. Think of Mary as the mediatrix of all graces. Perhaps here's a scriptural confirmation of that tradition but also it says in me is all grace of the way and of the truth in me is all hope of life and the virtue think of when jesus says in saint john's gospel i am the way the truth and the life here those three words are found you know the way the truth and the life in mary or in the mother of fair love of fairest love Obviously, if these words are mysterious in the sense of, in the Old Testament, not knowing you know, what they apply to, or originally they applied to wisdom, but uh, if they apply to Mary, they make a lot of sense, because Mary carried the way, the truth, and the life, and all virtue, and all hope, and all grace in her womb, and that is Jesus Christ. And so these words of scripture certainly can be applied to Mary. And we do so in the way that St. Maria actually applied them to Mary. And that is as a way of praying for holy purity, for the sanctity of marriage, for the sanctity of the family, and for vocations to celibacy, and all topics related to these areas. And this is not something that is unique to Saint Maria. Saint Bernard of Clairvaux in the 13th century, or uh, Saint Bonaventure in the 13th century, who was inspired by the works of Saint Bernard of Clairvaux earlier than that, wrote these words Save me, O Mother of Fair Love, fount of clemency and sweetness of piety. Beautiful are thy ways, and thy paths are peaceful. In thee shine forth the beauty of chastity, the light of justice, and the splendor of truth. Thou art clothed with the sun rays, as with a vesture, resplendent with a shining twelve-starred crown. Obviously, these words refer to Mary as that guardian of the beauty of chastity. and and that's what we want to pray about today you know saint saint maria he had two statutes commissioned of our lady of fairest love one of them is at the university of navarre and it is very fitting that it should be in a university setting because that's when young people find their love of their lives and they dedicate themselves to a mission to big ideals and it is there That they will most likely find their vocation to matrimony. And based on that sacrament, they will build a family. Or they may also find their vocation to celibacy. But all in all, it is because they live holy purity that they can find these states of life as a vocation and as a gift from God, whatever God may be calling them to. And we pray for all young people today. So that they may find their vocation to love, you know, and to love God above all things in the first place. And then after that, they can specify their vocation however they see in their prayer, whether it is to marriage or to celibacy or the priesthood or the religious life. The other statue that Saint Rosemaria had built was in the church of our lady of peace which is actually where he is buried today and right outside in the vestibule there's a lamp that is always lit in order to pray for holy purity he even wanted a shrine to be built in the united states dedicated to our lady mother of fairest love and that shrine has yet to be built but we pray that one day that great Shrine could be a place where people come and ask Mary for many favors for their marriage, for their families, for their vocation, and also for holy purity. You know, I imagine that shrine in the future, you know, just like in Lourdes, they have many crutches of people that have been cured, you know, of their ailments and they start to walk when they couldn't walk before and they hang up their crutches. Well, maybe in that shrine in the United States when it is built, people can come and nail their bills of divorce, you know, because they don't need them anymore because they're going to go back, you know, to their marriage or they're going to pray for their children who need to come back to the faith. Or they're going to pray for a special strength to live the virtue of holy purity wherever they may be, you know, so that they can reflect the love of God and they can image really the holy trinity through their body and soul and love and their joy and their, you know, the look in their eyes. This is what hopefully that shrine will be a special place for many people to be able to find our Lord and our Lady in this virtue? Well, of course, the virtue of holy purity, as St. Josemaria said many times, is not the most important of virtues, but at the same time, it is a sine qua non for charity. It is a virtue without which charity cannot exist, and that's why it is so important for us to pray for it. Some people think that they can live holy purity, like St. Augustine, at some point in his life, just on their own strength. And like St. Augustine, people will find out that they may be able to do so for a time. But it is very difficult to do so if it is just about controlling you know, bodily hormones and functions. It is not about that, primarily. It is about love. And this is a gift from God. And that's why San Jose Maria always talked about holy purity, not just purity. It's about a virtue that comes from God. And it is a gift. And we have to pray for it. And it is not just about controlling our passions, our disordered passions due to original sin. It's not about that only or primarily. It actually is a lot more. Holy purity is about safeguarding this imaging of God that we have in our soul. It is about safeguarding this interior world, our interiority, where we are able to love God, where we're able to make a covenant with God, like the Catechism of the Catholic Church says of our heart. It says that the heart, I'll read the quotation from point 2563 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, The heart is the dwelling place where I am, where I live. According to the Semitic or Biblical expression, the heart is the place to which I withdraw. The heart is our hidden center beyond the grasp of our reason and of others. Only the Spirit of God can fathom the human heart and know it fully. The heart is the place of decision, deeper than our psychic drives. It is the place of truth, where we choose life or death, It is the place of encounter because as image of God we live in relation it is the place of covenant there's a lot to unpack in this quotation from the catechism the heart is the place of truth it is the place of encounter it is the place of imaging it is the place of relation the place of covenant so many things happen in the heart And this interior world has to be protected. And that's what the virtue of holy purity actually does, along with other virtues that assist it. So, for instance, the Catechism continues in a section on modesty, that it says purity requires modesty, an integral part of temperance. Modesty protects the intimate center of the person. It means refusing to unveil what should remain hidden It is ordered to chastity to whose sensitivity it bears witness. It guides how one looks at others and behaves toward them in conformity with the dignity of persons and their solidarity. Modesty protects the mystery of persons and their love. It encourages patience and moderation in loving relationships. It requires that the conditions for The definitive giving and commitment of man and woman to one another be fulfilled. Modesty is decency. It inspires one's choice of clothing. It keeps silence or reserve where there is evident risk of unhealthy curiosity. It is discreet. And so here we have this little virtue, as St. Rosemary called it, the virtue of modesty, which protects so much. It's like that wall outside of the fortified city that keeps the enemy from coming in and there's so much inside right there's this heart this great human heart which has the possibilities of becoming divine which it is actually protecting and it is for this that we pray to mary the mother of fairest love that we really protect the highest kind of love And that we fall in love with the greatest, most lovable person that could ever be, which is her son. You know, the heart is made to love. And we can give the heart many things to love, right? We can give the heart things to love, material things to love, and then it'll become material, right? It'll become, it'll be lowered by it, by those things, by that love saint thomas aquinas says the following when our mind is intent on temporal goods to rest in them it remains at their level but when it seeks them in relation to eternal happiness it is not lowered by them but rather raises them up so in other words we need to give the heart something bigger to love so that then it actually judges where all those material things in our lives actually fit And then it brings them up, it raises them up, it gives them a new dignity, because they become instruments to love God and love others. And that's why things are always a means to an end, they're never an end in themselves. But our society, our materialistic society, so often loves material things as if they were ends in themselves. And so the heart is made to love, the heart is made to be in relation, the heart is made to make a covenant with others especially with god it is there to love god and neighbor right and it also seeks to give itself completely in this mutual trust that exists between one person and another that's called faith whether it's human faith or human trust or supernatural faith which is our relationship with god that's why the heart seeks truth because it cannot give itself. We cannot give ourselves if we know we are going to be used. We cannot give ourselves if, you know, um, if we're not sincere about our gift. Either our gift is not going to be received well or we're not going to give the full gift. There's something about the heart that it only gives itself completely. And it only gives itself completely in a relationship of trust. And so that's the truth. That's the truth that Mary carries within, right? It's the, the truth about the human person, about the human heart. The heart seeks that sincere gift of self, as the Vatican Council, Constitution, Gaudium et Spes says, only in that sincere gift of self can man find himself, can man and woman find themselves. And therefore, the one thing that we need in order to live holy purity is, we could say, holy sincerity and have a holy love for the truth, to have truth in the heart. And so for this, look at King David. When he sinned, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. Then he murdered her husband. But those two sins of adultery and murder as bad as they are were not as bad as the third sin which he committed which was to lie to himself as if nothing had happened that was the worst thing of all because that shut the doors off to grace unlike other sinners you know like the samaritan woman who had had many husbands or the the other adulterous woman in the gospel or whomever it is, Zacchaeus, Dismas, the good thief, you know all those people, yeah, they committed crimes, but they were repentant. They knew truth. They had truth in their heart. And that's why they were able to come back very quickly. But David, it took a prophet, the prophet Nathan, to tell him a parable that would actually allow him to see his sin and that parable where you know the the prophet says well there was a rich man who had many lambs and there was a poor man who only had one ewe lamb and the rich man when he had a guest he took the ewe lamb from the poor person and and slaughtered it for his guest and David when he heard that he said that man should pay that man, that that's unfair well the prophet said that man is you and it was only because of that parable that David was able to have truth in the heart again. And he realized and he repented from his sins and he was able to come back and he was able. What was he able to do? He was able to make room in his heart for God, for true love, for the fairest love, for the most beautiful love. Right. And not, you know, downgrade love to only uh kind of appearance of what it truly is so we know that we have our heart that is wounded by sin we you know we constantly experience in ourselves what scripture says that the just man falls seven times a day and that's for the just man you know um certainly we fall many many times and and that's due to original sin and we have this this kind of tendency to not tell the truth in our hearts to not be able to love without self-interest there's always a kind of struggle there that we need to uh, engage in in order to have purity of heart because of this wound but how do we do that well we have all the means in the world that's why this invocation of our lady where it says i am the mother of fair love of fear of knowledge and of holy hope it gives us hope she is the one that contains all hope And we are able to come back from our falls because we can admit to ourselves in our examination of conscience the truth about what we have done. And we have the sacrament of penance for that, obviously, which recreates the innocence in our hearts and takes away that stain of sin that we incur when we transgress the law of god and so mary brings us hope mary brings us hope and thanks be to god for that and we are able to then praise god in sincerity as it says in in a psalm my heart overflows with a godly theme we're always thinking about god or we're always ready to listen to god as it says in another psalm my heart is ready O lord and we keep vigilance as it says in Song of Songs, I slept, but my heart was awake. And we're able to shun all fear, the fear that makes us doubt about the love of God for us. And that's why our Lord tells us, let not your hearts be troubled, but believe in me. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. The only fear that we should have, as St. Jose Maria says, is the fear of offending God. But that fear Is a filial fear. And we know that when we are sincere, when we look for the truth, when we go and make a sincere examination of conscience, and then we go to confession if we need to, that we have so much peace after that because our Lord has forgiven us. Well, this is the feast of Mary, the mother of fairest love. Perhaps this is what we can do today in order to truly have devotion to her is to make a clear examination of conscience and ask Our Lady to help us uproot anything that comes as an obstacle to that love, to the highest of loves, to the fairest of loves, to the most beautiful of loves, which is Christ himself. Let us turn to her as we end our prayer today and ask her for the strength to be able to love god above all things and then to love our neighbor and respect our neighbor with this virtue of holy purity respect ourselves and and truly be able to serve humanity with the love that she incarnated in her womb the way the truth and the life